Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the services, worship services here. Grace Church at Franklin in Franklin, Tennessee. We're located at 4052 Arno, A-R-N-O Road in Franklin, Tennessee. We're just south of Nashville, a few miles, and we want to invite all of you who may be in the Nashville area to come out and worship with us. We want to remind you that we are on YouTube, Ustream, and Sermon Audio Video. In Proverbs chapter 31, Solomon, I'll just read a portion of this, praised his mother. And this is some of what he said. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She rises while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She lays her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the staff. She stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word, and we'll begin our services with some hymn singing to praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Number 447, can y'all stand up with me as we sing the Lily of the Valley? I have found a friend in Jesus, he's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. And he tells me every care on him to roll. The lily of the valley, Bright and morning star, he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my griefs have taken, and all my sorrows borne. In temptation, he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken, and all my idols torn from my heart, and now he keeps me by his power. All the world forsake me, and Satan tempts me sore. Through Jesus I shall safely reach my goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. While I live by faith to do His blessed will, a wall of fire about me. 
me I've nothing now to fear With his manna he my hungry soul shall fill Then sweeping up to glory I'll see his blessed face Where rivers of delight shall ever roll He's the lily of the valley The bright and morning star He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Let's tag it. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Amen. Amen. Well, do we want to have some announcements now before we keep singing? Let's go and do that. Y'all can be seated. Number 525 in the hymnal is a Christian home. If you've never heard this before, um, then just try and follow along and join us in the latter verses. But we've done it here many times. It's called a Christian home. This is a good, good hymn about godly mothers, godly fathers. <clears throat> oh, give us homes built firm upon the Savior. Where Christ is head and counselor and guide, where every child is taught his loving favor and gives his heart to Christ the crucified. How sweet to know that though his footsteps waver, his faithful Lord is walking by his side. Oh, give us homes with godly fathers, mothers, who always place their hope and trust in him, whose tender patience turmoil never bothers, whose still shines though days be dark and grim oh give us homes where Christ is Lord and Master the Bible read the precious hymns still sung where prayer comes first in peace or in disaster natural speech for every tongue where mountains move before a faith that's vaster and Christ sufficient is for old and young oh Lord our God our homes are thine forever we trust to Be thou the center of our life. 
hearts and homes to share. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a good hymn? Mm-hmm. Mr. What, what number is when we all get to heaven? Do we know? Do you all know upstairs? I forgot to write it down for myself. We're going to turn to when we all get to heaven. When we, 498. Thank you. Miss Sue said we ought to do that this morning, and it is Mother's Day after all, so I thought that was a good idea. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing His mercy and His grace in the mansions, bright and blessed. He'll prepare for us a place when we. What do you want to do? Which one? I'll give Miss Sue the, the pick. We, we had How Great Is Our God on there, but we didn't really practice it. Let's do two, 255. Let's do that. 
255, Blessed Assurance. If you're able, do y'all want to stand? Can we rise one more time? Sometimes you can sing better like that. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit and washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending, bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Yes, this is my story. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. my Savior all the day long. All right. Well, Brother Bill, you want him standing up or sitting down? Which one? Let him sit down. All right. Well, it's good to see all of you here today. This is the traditional time of the year. I'll tell you more about it in a moment of we celebrate what is commonly called Mother's Day here in the United States. We decided that today we'd do things a little differently. And so I've, I've asked certain people to say something, but if any of the rest of you wish to say anything about your mother, uh, I, might, I might use Leo, my grandson, to take the mic back to you, microphone back to you, if you want to say anything about your mother, uh, we'll give you an opportunity to do that. We could get you to come down to the front, but a lot of people are shy about doing that. You might feel better where you are. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute. But we're going to begin with uh, uh, Brother Dale. All right. And Dale is a deacon in this assembly. We appreciate it. Good morning. John 16, 21. 
whenever a woman is in labor, she has perhaps pain because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. I'd like to speak to you today about all the mothers uh, in my life, the women who have, if I can get through it, right? The women who have been and are now called to one of the most difficult yet blessed callings a woman can receive, that of being a mother. As a father, I share a deep connection to my children, but I will never know the truly unique and special privilege of having a human being grow inside my body, to feel the child move within me, to know to now have to worry about not only my own personal safety, but to the well-being of, but also for this person that is literally a part of me. To feel and see their body change as the day approaches, as this person grows inside them. The fear, anxiety, and joy, and anticipation of when this person inside them will be born into this world. Once the day comes, this person, once inside the mother, is now outside. Their mother can now hold the little one in their arms and see them for the first time. This little one is now exposed to all the dangers of this outside world, no longer protected, as it were, while in the mother's womb. <clears throat> now, dependent upon their mother for all their needs, as they grow, they certainly are not, nor will there ever be, independent of their mother's prayers, love, and support. The Hebrew word for mother is aim which means the bond of the family. Through the sovereign hand of our Lord Jesus Christ, the bonds by which my family have been knit together are my, my grandmother, Maddie Sue, my mom, Judy, my wife, Shannon, my, mother, my daughter, Lauren, my daughter-in-law, Emily, and my mother-in-law, Linda, and my sister-in-law, Stephanie. All these women have been and are blessed to be called to motherhood. In my sister-in-law, Stephanie, I've watched her be tested with the challenges of being a single mother, the trial of a troubled son who has struggled with sin, and I've seen the travail of her heart and the sorrow associated with that, the difficulty of a daughter who lives several hours away, yet the joy of her daughter's pregnancy as she will now see her own daughter have her own precious blessing from God. Through it all, no matter how much she may have wanted to give up, she hasn't. And she continues to trust the Lord and look to him. You never know what you're going to get in a mother-in-law, right? <laughs> I've been blessed to have Linda as my mother-in-law. She loves me as her own, respects me as a man, and loves my family as much as I do. The trials and tests of a single mom caring for her mother when she was diagnosed with dementia, yet she never gave up, and she continues to trust the Lord through it all. In our daughter-in-law, Emily, I see a woman perfectly matched to our son, possessing a quiet strength, a heart full of love, and a joy of being a mother to her son, Jackson. All while being a working mom and dealing with the work-life balance so wonderfully as she does through her faith and trust in the Lord. In our daughter, Lauren, whose first child, Bo, was almost four months early, I watched helplessly. During those agonizing days, Bo spent in the NICU. <clears throat> the heart-wrenching concern if he would be okay and when they would be able to bring him home. The joy of finally bringing him home, and now just this past October, welcoming her second child, a daughter Olivia, into this world. 
There are still tests, trials, and new joys to come, as well as the honor and privilege to see it all unfold. Trusting the Lord through it all. I testify to you here all today that I see the trials and tests of these young mothers. As the ungodly of this world wax worse and worse, exchanging the sweet for bitter, bitter for sweet, the truth of God for the lie, the evil of those who seek to pervert and harm our children. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, pray. Pray for these mothers. Pray the Lord to indwell them and lead them in the path of righteousness. Oh, that through them the Lord would turn the tide of these evil days and call the lost generation to himself. In my wife Shannon, I see the faith, hope, and love of all these years of trusting the Lord for and with her children. When they were young, by the grace of God, she homeschooled them through all the way through high school. Then as they each went off to college, no longer in the womb, no longer in the home, I witnessed the faith, hope, and love to keep trusting the Lord to protect and bless her children. Many prayers, tears, and all the laughter, the blessing of motherhood, and now grannyhood, she watches over our grandson Jackson most days of the week, our grandson Bo a couple of times of the week, and our granddaughter Olivia as well. Uh, this past Thursday, she had all three of them. My mom also helps out, as she had not yet arrived at our house Thursday. Shannon had a problem. She had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so with three littles, Bo almost two, Jackson 14 months, and Olivia seven months, what do you do? Right? You can't just take, you know, leave them in the living room and, you know, there's all kind of shenanigans that could ensue there, right? So let me set the scene for you, okay? Our bedroom is downstairs and the only bathroom downstairs is in our bedroom. So you have to go through our bedroom to get to the bathroom. So at this point, uh, Olivia, uh, and she also, she keeps the door to the bedroom shut because that's off limits to the littles. You know, they can't be wandering around in there. Olivia's asleep at this point. Bo and Jackson are not. She must go to the bathroom, right? So she has to take Bo and Jackson with her. As soon as she opens our bedroom door, both doy, boys are, who are right there at her, at her feet, right? Both doors, boys go running in, ah, we're in Granny's room, we're in Granny's room. Each going a different direction, right? You got one going this way, one's going that way. And she's herding them back and getting them together, and finally she gets into the bathroom and shuts the door. Now those of us who do not have this experience within our daily lives take for granted the momentary peace with which we go to the bathroom. As they finally get in there, she closes the door or else they run amuck in the bedroom. At this point, anarchy ensues. Bo goes straight to the bathtub to mess with all the soaps and things over there. Jackson immediately opens up the cabinet in the, in the uh, vanity there and starts pulling things out with both hands as fast as he can. She stops Bo from messing around at the bathtub then stops Jackson from putting in his mouth those things he's pulled from the cabinet. Now Bo has started pulling the toilet paper off. Jackson is trying to eat a hairbrush. Just remember the blessing of being able to go to the bathroom in peace. <laughs> in my mom, Judy, I see the faith, hope, love, and courage to continue to press on. 
She and my dad were blessed with three children. I'm the oldest, then my sister and my brother. In 1987, at the age of 13, the Lord called my sister home. If any of you have ever lost a child or preceded you in death, then you know the heartache associated with that. In 2019, my brother would also precede her in death. I can only imagine the heartache of not one, but two children preceding you in death. Yet she is still keeping on. Somehow, some way, pressing on. That somehow, that some way, is someone. The Lord Jesus Christ, through his blessed Holy Spirit, it is he who keeps her and keeps her still. In closing, I tell you of the strongest woman of faith I've ever known. My grandmother, Maddie Sue. Her faith was tested by one of the most difficult trials we face, and that is face and as death. At the age of 11 or 12, one of her brothers fell to his death while playing in the rafters of a barn. In 1985, she would experience her parents' worst nightmare, that of losing a child, finding her youngest son who had committed suicide in the driveway of his home. Two years later, she would lose a grandchild, my sister, in a car accident. Just a few years later, she would bury another grandchild, my cousin, who was also killed in yet another car accident. In 2006, another child would precede her in death as my uncle succumbed to cancer. In 2009, she would bury her, her true love, my grandfather. In 2019, my brother was killed in a motorcycle accident, and less than a year later, she would bury yet another grandchild. Of her immediate family, that was two children, four grandchildren, and her husband. Of her nine siblings, she would outlive all but one of them. She told me one time that she thought she would never smile again. One day while visiting her, she told me, don't ever think you can't get through something to carry on for others more than yourself. God takes care of that too. She also said questions, now you must stop that. Never say, why me? You're no better than anybody else. You must leave it to the Lord, and one day you will smile again. I personally don't know, but I'm sure there is some, anyone who was tested by death like her. Death of loved ones, especially children or grandchildren, can bring us to the depths of despair. Grief can literally kill you. Yet in Christ she carried on, leading the rest of her family in her quiet, graceful way. My grandmother didn't have to tell you about her faith, she, although she would often say, God is the one that keeps me going. No, she didn't have to tell you about it. Her faith, her faith because she lived it. If there was ever anybody who could give up or could say, I can't do this anymore, I'm done, it was her. Tested and tried over and over, yet she never blamed God or found fault with him. That does not happen. I, that cannot happen without a relationship with Jesus Christ. This should give us all hope. This should encourage us all, as all of us, especially you mothers, that if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, as she did, and lean not on your own understanding, that truly, as the scriptures say, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. For we have no idea what we'll face in this life. We don't even know for sure about later this afternoon, much less the rest of our lives here on earth. Grandmother, Mom, Shannon, Lauren, Emily, 
Linda and Stephanie, I praise the Lord and thank Him for all, for you all being in my life. I praise and thank Him for choosing me to be your grandson, your son, your husband, your father, your father-in-law, your son-in-law, and your brother-in-law. By His sovereign hand, He has used and continues to use each one of you to bless not only me, but all those around you. For all of you and the moms here today, keep up the race. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never stop praying for your children. Never give up hope for them. And praise His holy name for choosing you to be a mother. Happy Mother's Day, ladies. Now, does anybody else want to come up uh, up here? We're going to give you an opportunity. Anybody have anything else you want to say? We'll pass the mic to you, and you can say it from there. Anybody? Okay, Brother Turner. All right. I don't have any notes with me. However, we are exhorted in the Scriptures when... Anybody ask you to give a reason for the hope that is within you, be prepared to give that reason. I would be remiss if I didn't thank God for my mother. There has uh, not been one that I have known to be more faithful. Uh, Should the Lord will, she will be 99 years young next month. Uh, Having known her all my life, I've never known her but to be one to seek after the Lord. She's not always known the Lord, but she's always been given that spirit. And he honored that and blessed her with the salvation first in our family. And I have no doubt that he used her in the salvation of my father, my older sister, my younger sister, and her prayers, I know, were honored in my salvation. So I got a picture from my sister this morning. She was all dressed up going to the worship service, uh, praising the Lord, uh, suffering, I don't know, over 10 years now with kidney failure. Over 10 years with the pains that are remnant of having had shingles. Has three vertebrae in her back that are crumbling. Has bone to bone uh, in the knees. Is on oxygen. And she still has a heart to worship our God. And I'm thankful. Turner's mother, before he and Linda were ever married, uh, his mom wouldn't let Linda and Joe go out on a date till they first came to worship. <laughs> I remember that. I knew Linda's sister, too. Her maiden name was Cato. Cato. They owned a nursery, not a nursery for babies, but a nursery for plants and all of that out in East Albany. 
All right, anybody else have anything you'd like to say? Or would you like for us to bring the mic back to you to say something? Billy, you want to come up here? I want to bring that back there to you. But my story really quickly is about my mother. At 94, she still lives in her home by herself in Texas. And she is the wife of a minister, which many of y'all don't know. My dad... Uh, has been gone now about 15 years, and there's not a day that goes by with my mom that we don't live through my dad. And the ministry is still in her, in her quiet manner. We spent early, early years, really early years, dad opened up churches. That's what he did, which is an interesting craft. You go to a place where there's nothing but a few folks. They give you a place to live. That's a rough description. And you raise up a church out of the ground, and you get to eat what they bring, and you get to live where they want you to live, and you get a church going, and you move on. And through all of that, my mom hung in there. But my mom had to learn a few lessons along the way, and this is what faith is truly about. My mom, early on, got a checkbook. They never had a checkbook before, so she got a checkbook, which, of course, meant as long as you have checks, you have money. God bless my father. He came home to a new Cadillac car sitting in the driveway one day, and there was a test of faith. Uh, My mom is... Uh, a character, still a character. She is the quintessential Texas mom. Yes, she is, still today. We are blessed. Now, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to spend a lot of time with Susan's parents. Um, Her father was ill when I came along and passed shortly thereafter, and her mom Uh, passed then a few years past that. But I have met all of the clan that comes along with the Moran family, and I will just say her mom had a lot of faith. Yes, she did. And she is a wonderful group of people, daughters and, and so on and so forth, and sons and what have you. Those moms that lived through those times that brought us to where we are now, they had a set of rules that we need to remember now. Our children need to remember the same set of rules that our moms and grandmothers were brought up by. Let's uh, sort of think back when it's Mother's Day. It's remember what built us and brought us here today. Day. So let's do that when we think about our moms our grandmothers, and our moms-to-be. And God bless everybody here that can be old enough like me to be a great grandfather and a great wife and grandmother. Thank you. Thank you, Billy. Anybody else want to say anything? Trace? All right. You guys know, do you guys know my mom? Okay, okay cool. Uh, she is, uh, I wrote down a few things, fearless, funny, creative, 
honest and loving. That's the first things I thought of. Fearless, um, I had a story that came to mind. When I was a teenager, uh, she knows this story. Um, I was wearing all black all the time, had my hair kind of punky, punk rock, and I was like, I'm wearing black forever. I'm never wearing anything. I'm sort of still am. And she was like, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. And I was like, yes, yes, I am. And and so we were drinking water, right? And she was, and I I said, do you know what I'd like to do with this water? And she went, this, threw it it right in my face. (laughs) I was like, then we both started laughing and I chased her around the house and she like totally broke the, you know, it was amazing. That's my mom. She's, she's, you never know what she's going to do. She's funny. She's always up for an adventure or a good time. She's creative, very creative. Another story that came, I was writing these things down, and I just was thinking about all the, all the things we've done. Um, and Linda Foster's not here. But do you remember when you, she calls me and says, do you, what are you doing today? I said, I, I don't work. She said, um, could you dress up as George Bush and walk into Shoney's and read a speech that I made for you? For Linda Foster's birthday, <laughs> I was like, I, I could. I mean, I, so she gives me these two-page thing for Linda. I walk into Shoney's in a suit and with a horrifying George Bush mask, <laughs> and people are look like, "Am I going to rob them? Am I going to steal?" I walk in there, and there's like, tw- you may have been there. There's like thirty women there, and they have this look of like, who, why, who is this, why are you here? And I read this thing that mom wrote about, we're so happy that, you know, Linda's birthday and how important it is to the President of the United States and all that stuff. But that, that's a glimpse inside of my mother's brain. Uh, the creative, <laughs> the way she's creative. She's honest, she gives you her opinion. I'd say both my parents are like that, and you sometimes that's great, sometimes it's not so great, but you always get what they're thinking. You guys know what I mean. But I think that's a good quality. She's loving. Um, when I was going to school, she always wrote me little notes in my lunchbox, and um, just like, I love you, and a smiley face, and God loves you, and those kind of things meant a lot to me. When I played football, she wrote scriptures inside of my football helmet, like you're going to be protected, just those things, and she loves the Lord. Um, We've had so many conversations about God and about healing and about the Holy Spirit and just those things, and I, that means a lot to me. And I love you, and happy Mother's Day. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my wife is in Florida. We have to come earlier, but she's with the rest of the family celebrating today. Uh, I, I just want to tell you something about my mom. In 1944 was Second World War, you know. And my father was in the war with Romanian army and she had a dream 
because she, had, she was pregnant and she was thinking it's a hard time and supposed to have, she was thinking, supposed to have an abortion. She was a kind of Christian, Eastern Orthodox Christian. And she told me when I was a young boy, Stephen, I had a dream. And a angelic being uh, came in my, when I was in my dream. And she told me, he told me, don't do that. Don't do that. We need this child. She was scared because, also because she already took some pills or something in that time, a couple. She was thinking, if I don't do, maybe he's not be okay. But anyway, she was listening to God, I think was God, in a way, and I was born. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I am here because my mom was listening to the voice of God. Also, I want to say I have a, an amazing wife. I'm just telling you, it's, I read about Martin Luther, history, and I said, my wife is like his wife. If you heard what kind of wife was her. If Adriana wants to say something about my wife, her mom, that's okay, but just that. Thank you so much, and God bless you. anybody online couldn't hear that, Brother Stephen, who just spoke, Brother Bill was saying, is from Romania, and they've come here to worship with us, and we're so thankful. I just briefly wanted to say about my mom, many of you may not know this, I know most of you do, Um, the reason that I'm here and met my wife, and we now have our children, is because Danny, who's my stepfather, and my mom brought me here in 2005 or 6, when we were still over in that other building, and... um, my mother uh, was an extremely hard worker, very talented and intelligent. She was uh, the head nurse of the neonatal intensive care unit at Centennial Hospital for many, many years here in Nashville. Um, she worked a lot in healthcare, but she was um, an amazing testimony to me, not only as a believer, and she died of breast cancer in 2010. And that is how the Lord brought me to salvation was watching her go through all of that and Danny go through all of that in her uh, journey to try and heal her body. And ultimately the Lord uh, answered our prayers by saying, yes, we, I'll heal her, but she's going to be healed at home with me. And that is, that's wonderful. Uh, so she went to be with the Lord in 2010 and uh, I came to know him through that. She, in many ways, she 
<laughs> in many ways, she worked herself to death by caring for us so heartily and readily. And though I don't think that we should necessarily do all of that, it was a massive testimony just of what it's like to have a mother that is devoted to caring for her children. She also had to be a single mother for quite some time after my parents divorced. And she just worked and worked constantly for us. She would work nights at the hospitals and then stay awake all day just so that she could be present with us so we didn't have to be somewhere else. And that ultimately was very hard on her body. But that's just who she was and who she knew she wanted to be before the Lord and being with her children. And she did it by whatever means she had to. And I honor that. And I also want to honor my wife because uh, the Lord provided me with a woman who in the midst of a generation that is in many ways extremely selfish, women, men who don't value children, who don't value their families, who value themselves and their ease more than uh, following Christ, my wife is absolutely the opposite of that. And I see every day such a testimony to me and to our children the love and the dedication that she pours into them. So in honoring my mother, I also want to honor the mother of my children because they're a little bit too little to elaborate on that yet. But. We appreciate those testimonies. Uh, I think today, when I watch television, uh, everybody and everything is made a hero uh, over doing nothing except what they should be doing. I think the real, a real hero uh, are our mothers. Uh, they go through thick and thin, they go through life and death, just like the woman of Proverbs chapter 31, they get up early, they stay up late. We hear them having other jobs besides the big job of raising their families. Unbelievable what mothers do. My mother uh, was told, many of you have heard my little testimony before, but my mother was told that she could not have any, any children. And my parents were married for 10 years when she came up uh, expecting with me. And I understand they told me later that I ruptured her bladder. So it was a rough, a rough carrying <laughs> carry me in there. But I found out after I was a grown man, I found out that my mother kind of prayed like Hannah did, the mother of Samuel in First Samuel, where she said to the Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And that was a long time before I was ever brought to Christ. But eventually the Lord answered that, that prayer. And so uh, I'm here today, been here in Franklin for 52 years. That's the power of answered prayer by a mother. Appreciate all of you mothers today. Uh, we have mothers here. Dale mentioned his mom having lost two children. Deborah down here, our favorite wa uh, waitress from Cracker Barrel, lost her daughter this past January, was it? So this is her first Mother's Day without her daughter. And uh, we want to lift up these mothers in prayer. We want to pray for them. 
I want you to stand together, and I'm going to have a few words to say to you, and then we'll dismiss you. If you're turning your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, and I'll be like the fellow that came out to the, the mule that was going around in a circle grinding up some sugar cane. He said, I won't be long. <laughs> so I won't be long today. You've all heard the story of the boy and his dad that was in the worship service and uh, the little boy saw the song leader get up and said, what does that mean, Dad? So that means we're going to sing a song. And he saw somebody get up with plates. So what does that mean, Dad? It means they're going to take a collection. And then when the preacher got up, he took off his watch and put it on the pulpit and said, what does that mean, Dad? He said, not a thing, son. <laughs> not a thing. Doesn't mean a thing. The Bible has a lot to say about Mother's, but it has nothing to say about Mother's Day. Mother's Day is not mentioned in the Bible, but many things are mentioned about Mother's. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let us, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word, and let God's people say, Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Now let me begin again. The Bible has nothing to say about Mother's Day, but it has a lot to say about mothers. Why is that? Well, first of all, the historical reason is because this special day that we call Mother's Day was not established as a day of national recognition until May the 9th, 1914. It was President Woodrow Wilson who asked Americans to give a public thank you to their mothers and all mothers on the second Sunday of May each year. But a few years earlier in 1907, a woman named Anna Jarvis, J-A-R-V-I-S, Anna Jarvis, wanted to honor her mother, and she led a celebration for mothers at St. Andrew's Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia. And it was May the 10th, 1907, when Anna Jarvis led that celebration. You know why Anna Jarvis chose that date? It was because it was her mother's birthday. May the 10th, 1907 was her mother's birthday. And so that date is recognized as the very first Mother's Day celebration in the United States. The official flower for Mother's Day is the carnation. And we can thank Anna Jarvis 
for this tradition also. On the day that Ms. Jarvis led the very first Mother's Day celebration in 1907, she sent hundreds of white carnations to her hometown in Grafton, West Virginia. Why do you think she chose the carnation? Well, it's because the carnation was her mother's favorite flower. A white carnation is for mothers who are no longer living in this world, and a red or pink carnation is for mothers who are still living. Now, many years later, the wife of another president, President Dwight Eisenhower, had a wife named Mamie Eisenhower, and she popularized and elevated the carnation from an ordinary flower to something special. Most in more recent times, the rose has been given a lot on Mother's Day. I did some statistic checking. I found that 35% of Mother's Day orders are roses. So now you know a little bit about the history of Mother's Day. Well, as I said, Mother's Day is not mentioned in the Bible. The Bible has quite a bit to say about mothers and motherhood. And we just read the 26th through the 28th verse, the very first book in the Bible, the very first chapter, says something about mothers. I hope you have your Bibles open to those passages, because I'm going to show you something here in just a moment. It's Genesis 1. Anybody should be able to find this passage. If you can find a Bible there near you, you just open the first few pages and get to chapter 1. And you'll notice the first thing is that the woman is one half of the image of God. Or I might say it this way, the woman reflects the image of God as well as the man. He said, let us make man, I'll explain that word in just a moment, in its own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So the woman was made in the image of God just as the man was. In fact, the idea is that God created the male and the female to give a complete picture of the kind of God he is. He's not only strong like a man, he's kind and loving like the woman. He's not only a protector like the man, he is tender and nurturing like the woman. He's not only a provider like a man, he is a homemaker like the woman. And the man might be the head of the house, as God is the head of the universe, but only the woman can make a house a home. And it is the bride of Christ, the church, for which he died, that completes the home of heaven. So together, the male and the female, the man and the woman, reveal a more complete picture of the Lord who created them. So when we read those words in Genesis 1, verse 26, let us make man, that word man there doesn't mean male, it means mankind. Let us make mankind, and he goes on in the rest of the uh, verse to tell us that he means both the male and the female. Let us make mankind in our image after our Likeness. The Lord had already created fish and whales and other creatures after their kind. 
that live in the ocean. He, he had already created birds after their kind and land animals after their kind and creeping things that creep up on the earth after their kind. And then he created man after his kind. Male and female, he created them. Now, the second thing that we notice is this, is that the woman is distinguished from the man. He created them male and female. He did not create Adam and Steve. He created Adam and Eve. He did not create Eve and Adam, but Eve and Adam. He did not create two men, nor did he create two women. But he made one to be a male and the other to be a female. He made them different. They looked different one from the other. They think differently. They act differently. They dress differently. And their spirit is different. Why? Because the Lord made them to be different from one another. He distinguished them. He called the one, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, he called the male Zakar, and he called the female Nikebal. Two different words, two different types of people. Adam, in chapter 2, verse 23, is called Ish, and Eve is called Isha. The Creator created them to be two different types of the human kind. The man can never be a woman, nor can the woman be a man. Even if the body is altered, the essence of each of these persons cannot be altered. There is something that is basically male or female in each boy and each girl that is born into this world, and that can never be changed by surgery, by environment, by clothing, by language, or by laws. Not even death can change what God has created. A man can never be a mother. Only a woman can be a mother. A man simply doesn't have what it takes mentally, psychologically, physiologically, or spiritually to be a mother. That great honor can only be enjoyed and experienced by a female. Now, if you notice the 28th verse, again... In chapter 1, God said, be fruitful and multiply. That is, have children. This was said to Adam and Eve before they sinned. Now, Adam could not have children. He was not created to have children. Only Eve could have children. Adam's body did not have a womb to carry a child or a canal through which a child could be born. He was not created with an egg that could be fertilized and developed into a human being. It was not possible for Adam to get pregnant. Further, Adam could not have children by himself, and Eve could not have children by herself. God did not make Adam to have children. He made Eve to have children. And Eve cannot procreate children by herself, and neither can Adam. My friends, God made us the way we are, and God does not make mistakes. We read in the 31st verse, the 31st verse, God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very 
good. And as long as the man and the woman, the husband and the wife, were happy and content being what they were, they were happy with the Lord and they were happy with each other. Now, according to the Bible, any attempt to basically change what God has created is an attempt to overthrow the will and the purpose of God. Neither Adam nor Eve ever found fault with the will and the purpose of God until they were tempted to do so by a diabolical enemy. Adam was perfectly happy being a man, and Eve was perfectly happy being a woman. And neither of them ever entertained the idea of being something other than what God made them to be, much less of being the very opposite of what God had made them to be, until a third party made a few suggestions. According to the Bible, the first creature that was unhappy being what God created him to be is the one we call Lucifer. We know him as the devil, as Satan, as the dragon. He was not happy serving God. He wanted God to serve him. He wanted to boss the boss. And speaking of Lucifer, Isaiah said, you can check this out later in Isaiah chapter 14. He said to Lucifer, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. I want to be like God. I don't want God to be God over me. I want to be God over God. And since Lucifer could not overthrow the Lord, he set about to overthrow those who were created in the Lord's image. And my friends, it falls my lot as a pastor and a preacher and a teacher and a servant of the Lord to say some of these things. And what better time to say them than here in Mother's Day? This is the real cause of all rebellion and lawlessness in the earth. This is the real reason that many human beings are not happy with the way things are and they are not happy with the way they are. And this is why all of us, until the Lord teaches us better, all of us, until the Lord teaches us better, we want to always have things our way rather than his way. Until we are made new creations in Christ, by the Spirit of Christ, through faith in Christ, our motto is, not thy will, but mine be done. This is my life, and I'll live it as I please, and I'll do what I want to do, and I'll be what I want to be, and nobody, including God, can make me do or be any different. The devil hates mothers. He knows that the hand that rocks the cradle rocks the world. I know many people say the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, but I found out that although this world is, according to John, in the lap of the wicked one, the Lord still rules the world he created, even though it's fallen and in rebellion against him. Lucifer knows that if he can corrupt women, if he can lead them away from the truth, if he can make them desire to be something other than what they were created to be, 
with one blow, he can accomplish five things. He can destroy motherhood and all respect for it. He can destroy marriage. He can destroy the children. He can destroy all respect for law and order. And he can destroy life in this world as we know it. Mother, you are vitally important. And that is why motherhood is under such vicious attack today. If mothers are brought down, all of civilization will be brought down with them. Now notice in chapter 3 and in verse 20, it says, Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. You notice that the man called her the mother of all living. Eve means living. The Greek, the Greek term for Eve is becoming very popular today. Zoe, Z-O-E. That's the Greek term for Eve. The Greek uh, synonymous name in Greek for Eve. Without Eve, none of us would be here. Heard a man say the other day, have you ever thought where you'd be without your mother? <laughs> well, you wouldn't be. The proliferation of the human race began with the first woman. She is the mother of us all. And I want you to notice that having children, even though some of you think it is, <laughs> having children is not punishment from God. In fact, it was called a blessing. Look at verse 28 again. Chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Having the ability to procreate, to have children, was intended to be a blessing. It was disobedience that added pain to childbirth. Because Eve did not believe the Lord, but she believed Lucifer, it was said unto her, Genesis chapter 3, I will, verse 16, I will greatly multiply, the Lord said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In sorrow you shall bring forth your children. But guess what? The great and good God turned the pain of childbirth into a blessing. I'll only name two of them and then I'll be done this morning. Number one, once the children are born, then the joy of having them makes mothers forget the pain that they had to go through to have them. This is what Jesus said. Listen to this, John 16, 21. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow when the birth pains hit, because her hour has come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for the joy that a child is born into the world. John 16, 21. The joy of giving life to a child can only be experienced by a mother. The Lord said through Isaiah the prophet, can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? Isaiah 49, 15. So the joy children bring, especially when they're toddlers, and even those mothers here today that have lost children, you remember those early younger days when they brought such joy to you. That joy can only be known by mothers. Number two blessing from the pain of childbirth is this. It was through a mother 
that the Lord sent a Savior. Yes, the very first woman was drawn aside and she was seduced by the tempter. And as a result, the entire human race was separated from God and plunged into confusion and into depravity. But it was through motherhood that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That whosoever believeth in him might be redeemed from all sin and reconciled to the Father in heaven. So if you are a mother today. There are many, many young mothers today, uh, women that used to be young, and they, they had an abortion. I want you to know you can be forgiven. You go to the Lord, you confess to him. He will forgive you, he will cleanse you, and he will take you into his family. He will bless you and nurture you. Find out in the word what you can be and what you should be. He tells us in the word what a mother can be. And you'll find blessings that you've never dreamed of when you learn to walk with him. All right, what is a mother? Just briefly, M-O-T-H-E-R is the English spelling of mother. I believe the M stands for many talents and duties. My goodness, a mother is talented and she can do everything. She's the cook and she's the cleaner and she's the chief bottle washer and she's the consoler. She's everything. The O in mother stands for others first. Mothers are like a candle. They give light to others while they consume themselves. And a mother must have written this. I wrote this down. Give strength, give thought, give deeds, give pelf, P-E-L-F, an old word for money. Give love, give tears, and give thyself. Give, give, be always giving. He who gives not is not living. Others first. That's the O in mothers. T, teacher. Mothers know everything. (laughs) When you're young, you just ask them. They give you an answer to everything, and they know everybody. (laughs) If I got in trouble at school, I got in trouble when I got home. I wanted to hide my mother find out about that. But she knew everybody, and she knew everything. The H in mother, M-O-T-H, H stands for heaven. Closest thing to heaven, this side of heaven, to a child, is a smile or a loving kiss or a warm embrace from mother. And i tell you something about mothers. Mothers love regardless. Hitler's mother loved him. <laughs> Al Capone's mother loved him. Stalin's mother loved him. Mao's mother loved him. A mother loves regardless. And the love of a mother is the closest thing in this world to unconditional love. The E in mother, everybody's friend, everybody's helper, everybody's counselor, everybody's doctor. The mother does everything. And then the R in mother stands for right and ready. She's always right and she's always ready. You remember that thing about rule number one, mother's right. Rule number two, see rule number one. (laughs) She's right and she's ready. She's ready to go. She's ready to do. She's ready to forgive. She's the greatest reconciler this side of our Lord himself. Mothers have a hand to give and a heart to forgive. 
The wise man Solomon said this, Pay close attention, my child, and never forget your mother's instructions, for their insight brings you success. He said again, Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise in the gate. Paul the Apostle said, Children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you to do, and the Lord will help you. For the commandment, honor your father and your mother, was the first commandment with a promise attached, that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. As David was thinking about his own birth, he said this in Psalm 139. He said, Lord, you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. And the apostle Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this of Christian women and Christian mothers. He said, you should be known for the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. And a wise mother said this. She said, when you were born, you were crying and everyone around you was smiling. Live your life so that at the end, you're the one who's smiling and everyone around you is crying. I tell you this, everyone has a mother and every mother has a child. And mothers, in my opinion, are the real heroes. I think we've had a wonderful time today. I thank you for all of your testimonies. And I know that there are others sitting here who would like to say something. And you had some things in your heart. Well, just send them up to the Lord. He hears them. He hears what you say. And he hears what you think. And you just send them up to him. Let's stand together. I hope all of you mothers have a great day today. And probably the reason the Bible does it. Establish a day is because mothers ought to be honored every day. They ought to be honored 365 days a year. And not just a certain day that they're set aside. Our Father, we call upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for mothers and motherhood. And today, Lord, when all of this is under fire, when people are openly in rebellion against your created order. I pray that you will help the mothers, strengthen the mothers, and cause them to be more determined than ever, that they will be what you made them to be, women and mothers, wives and witnesses to the world of the great mighty creation of God. Father, we thank you for the wonderful picture given us in the Word of God of Christ being the Father and all of the children that come to him being in his bride. Father, I pray that you'll help us during these days of much adversity, much conflict, much opposition to everything that has to do with our Lord Jesus Christ, that you'll help us to be strong, help us to be loving and compassionate, but give us the strength that we may not compromise what we know your word teaches. 
Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for cleansing us from unrighteousness. Thank you for all that we've heard today from these various brothers and sisters regarding their mother. And we pray, Lord, that you'll strengthen every mother that's here. They might know that you're working out everything for their good and for your glory as you've promised in your word. Above all, I pray that every mother will give themselves to Christ to be covered by his blood, to learn from him, to assemble with the people of God and learn more about what your will is for them. We ask it in the name of Jesus, our Savior, for his sake. Amen.